Welcome back to You're Hired, the podcast about all things career-related. In today's episode, we talk with Stay Away from City Year. If you're unsure of what to do after you graduate, City Year might be for you. Keep listening to find out more about it. Hi, Sailor. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what drew you to work for City Year? Sure. Um, thanks for having me. My name is Sailor Sedine Hall. I use they them pronouns and I'm a recruiter for City Year, but I'm also an alumni of the program. So I served with the program in 2017 as a core member in an English classroom, and that was with freshmen at a high school. And then I served for a second year with the Civic Engagement Program at City or Chicago, which is uh, more volunteer events and volunteer man- management. Um, I was drawn to the program initially, actually as an undergrad student, when I, I was looking for my next steps. Um, I was considering other programs, other service programs, and City Year stood out to me because it was an 11-month program where I felt like as a mentor and a tutor, I could benefit from knowing that a lead teacher in the classroom was the person really owning the classroom space and managing the classroom. And I could be that person that a student um, could trust to be an advocate for them and a role model. And I really liked that level of responsibility um, as it was in the classroom. So I was drawn to the program for for that reason. And then I ended up staying um, because I found myself developing relationships here and being able to grow um, in a way that exceeded my expectations. And so now um, as a recruiter, I support folks in learning about the program if they're considering a year of specificity. That's awesome. Um, do you want to just like elaborate a little bit more on what City Year is, what you all do, and like how you, you mentioned core programs and volunteer-based programs, and just if you want to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so to explain uh, what City Year does, we're an AmeriCorps program, which means we receive part of our funding from the larger federal um, program, AmeriCorps, which has a variety of different um, service programs that it supports. But um, here at City Year, we hire mentors and tutors to be um, full-time role models to students, um, specifically in grades three through nine. And the reason we work with students in grades three through nine is a student Um, can show signs they might start to fall behind in school as early as third grade but if they complete ninth grade on track and on time they have a 75 percent chance of graduating from high school and so our goal in being mentors and tutors is to support that pipeline but to also build relationships with students to encourage them to be so positive role models um, you know contributors to their school community and to have positive relationships with not only their peers but as well as their teacher and other people in the building and in their community. Um, And this is an 11 month program. So after 11 months, um, anybody who's been a tutor and a mentor with City Year to our students um, is welcome to pursue whatever's next for them, um, or they're even welcome to come back and um, work with City Year for a second year in a variety of other capacities, um, which I can also speak to you if you'd like to know more about that. Yeah, that's super cool. Cause like, I, I like, I think, especially as a beginning teacher, um, I'm I'm an education major as well, and as a beginning teacher, it's sometimes tough to like, like you feel like you want to commit to to like years of years um, of like a school system kind of thing if you apply for a school right away. And I feel like I feel like eleven months make you feel less trapped, and that's real nice. Well, it's I think part of the reason that people are drawn to City Year is they can you know be with us for eleven months. They're not responsible for a whole classroom the way that. Um, somebody who's just becoming a lead teacher might be responsible for, for managing. Um, 
And as a city, you can, you know, the lead teacher in the classroom is really there to manage the space, to determine what units are coming up and what tone they're going to set for the class. And then as the core member, um, you have a lot of autonomy in planning lessons that meet um, your various students' kind of um, learning styles and maybe if they're um, behind in one thing but ahead in another, how you can meet them where they're at um, and, and have ownership over, over that. But the lead teacher is still there to carry on kind of the whole classroom engagement. So there's also, I think, a learning component there for anybody that's interested in education to see that um, up close and to be part of the fabric of a school community ahead of becoming you know, a lead full-time instructor. Awesome. Um, Adam mentioned like being an education major and being interested in city year, but do you have to have a certain major to um, apply and like be accepted into the program? No, we don't have a major requirement, nor do we have a GPA requirement. So um, come as you are. Um, we kind of we believe that anybody can be, you know, a positive um, presence in the life of a young person. You know, as long as they're, they're there, they have the student's best interest in mind. Um, they're willing to utilize maybe some of city years systems to implement their lessons and to track their students' progress. But um, no, come come as you are, um, whatever you're majoring in and um, also whatever your goals are for after city year, um, because we want folks to feel like when they exit the program, they're set up for success to pursue whatever's next for them. Can you talk a little bit about the application process? Sure. The application process is pretty straightforward. Uh, we have deadlines a couple times a year to help us process folks kind of in batches or in waves. Um, so we usually uh, ask folks to work up to a deadline um, when they submit their application online. They'll tell us a little bit about their, their work history or their campus involvement um, in their resume. That's what we'll, we'll ask for. Um, we'll ask for a couple of essay responses to better understand um, how they would approach their service year, what's really drawn their interest in the program, so that we have a better holistic understanding of who that person is. And then we'll ask for one reference. And the reference is usually somebody who's maybe seen um, our applicants in uh, a collaborative environment, even an environment that does work with youth, um, but doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who's who's seen you in a, in a youth setting, um, as long as that person can speak to you know strengths, growth areas, um, that, is, that is fine for us. Once someone has applied, they'll be invited to interview, which is a 45 minute usually conversation. Uh, we'll ask some more questions like, you know, how somebody might persist through challenge because sometimes it can be challenging working in an education environment. Mm -hmm. It has so many benefits and it, it is it can be so fulfilling, but you know, every every opportunity comes with also its challenges too. Um, we'll also want to know what's contributed to someone's worldview. Um, what are they bringing with them to city year, and how might their identity interplay with their service? Because we can't separate our identities from the service that we're doing and the, and the positions that we're in, um, positions work positions that we're in. And then we might also ask a couple of scenario questions so that we can understand how somebody might react in different environments and um, in different scenarios working with a young person. Um, and after all of that's complete and a reference um, has been contacted and we're able to um, understand who you are also from that lens, then we'll usually offer um, a position. And so folks will usually have about two weeks to decide if they want to serve with us or not and then um, give us their, their decision on how they'd like to proceed. Um, so you mentioned like about um, kind of matching people's attitudes to the to the job itself. Um, is there any training or like any extra work that you do with the people once they're hired to kind of bring them into the mentality of city year? 
Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because that was something I actually meant to mention just a moment ago in discussion about the application process. So once somebody has been, um, we call it confirmed to serve, like they've said they want to serve with us, they're confirmed. Um, we will invite them to a series of webinars and discussion um, uh, events or just kind of fun opportunities to um, better understand what service will look like in that particular city that they've applied to. Um, meet people that are also gonna be part of the program for the following year, which can be especially helpful for folks that are relocating. Um, and they can network with folks that are um, also gonna be applying or serving in that city um, and find roommates that way. And then also just have some fun and build community with folks ahead of starting the program. So that all happens um, in the months leading up to service and especially over the summer. Um, once somebody uh, is starting the program, that usually is happening in around August, late late July, early August, um, we'll have a month of training where folks will learn things like lesson planning. Um, so they'll receive some best practices for how to build relationships with students. Um, we'll do different kind of discussion and, and workshop kind of format um, trainings on identity and again, how that interplays with the service that we do um, and understanding the history of education, right? How we got here, um, why a program like City Year can be a useful resource to a school. Um, and then of course, we also um, build out plenty of time during training for folks to um, build connections with their teammates. Um, you'll actually find out your team during training. It's usually about two weeks in. Um, and usually folks become really close to their teammates. So having that time in the beginning of the year to um, understand each other's work styles, um, motivations for being at city year, um, and just who you are in general um, is really valuable, especially before entering the school building. Um, before even entering the school building, of course, all this is happening, we're having training. Um, and I'd say usually about a week before the school year starts, um, a lot of teachers will gather um, to you know, continue their training um, and you know, receive any important updates from the school. And so we'll usually be present in that space ahead of the school year beginning. And then when the first day of school arrives, we're right there alongside our teachers in class, um, ready to meet students, um, be a resource and start building out those relationships before um, every core member receives kind of a focus list of students for the year that they'll support. And that's a usually about 10 to 12 students um, per, per teacher that a core member is you know, there to intentionally build relationships with, keep up with, support in um, maintaining their grades as well as coming to school on time um, consistently and just feeling supported and like they have a role model in the class that's going to, um, you know, care care about how they're doing um, and keep up with them throughout the year. Yeah, I think that's crazy important because like a lot of a lot of kids, especially as teachers get overwhelmed with the whole classroom, sometimes kids feel overlooked or just overwhelmed. And I've, I've talked to a lot of kids and also teachers who just don't feel like they're seen or that they're listened to. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like City Year is just great for that. Totally. Um, we are there to be near peer mentors. Um, we're there to be an asset, um, a caring a caring person for the students we work with, but we also find that teachers um, end up feeling supported by their city year as well because you know we're, we're there alongside them. Um, we can support students in getting prepared for class, um, making sure they have all the supplies they need to be engaged, but also having those invaluable conversations about like, how are you doing? Is there anything going on that you wanna talk about? Um, that, you know, love our teachers, but, you know, uh, teachers are sometimes overwhelmed with different content that they're, they're leading for the classroom. And so we're there to also provide that additional support that um, teacher might not always have the bandwidth 
um, to provide as we ask teachers to consistently do more, do more, do more. Yeah, that's great. I think it's really awesome that um, City Year members are not only support for the students, but also for the teachers that they work with. Um, and kind of going off of that, um, can you describe a typical day um, a core member would have while working? So a typical day in the life of a core member might start around 7.30, in the morning um, with first circle, which is a time for core members to all share any important announcements for the day and get on the same page um, before transitioning to working with students in the classroom. Um, in the classroom space, you might provide some whole classroom support as students are getting ready, um, participating in kind of the beginning of the day content. Um, and then you might actually implement your own lessons that, again, meet students where they're at in terms of um, academically where they are, what are they starting to really um, understand and what are they still understanding when it comes to the classroom content. Um, once you've completed, you know, class for the day, um, you might have lunchtime or prep time. Prep time is usually a space to um, plan any lessons for the next day, um, track any student progress, and then we usually might have an after-school program um, where students can come and receive extra support on their homework or their classwork, and some schools actually might ask us to do other programming as well, such as recreational programming like an open gym um, or even arts-based program like uh, poetry after-school program or, or other kinds of programs. Actually, kind of a funny um, antidote to that, I knew a student or a core member who um, was a trombone player. He loved brass music and his school had a music room with plenty of instruments, but they didn't have an instructor to lead out on that space. And so he approached the school and asked, can I lead an after-school program that's kind of got a music and brass focus? And they said, yeah, sure. And so he developed an after-school programming, uh, an after-school program specific to brass instruments and music and students um, were able to join. He had a recital at the end of the year. Um, and that was a really cool program that a city year offered that um, otherwise wouldn't have been um, something that the school would have been able to provide that year in particular. So um, I just think that's kind of a really cool example of what um, somebody who's got a, a passion or something that they um, want to bring to city year can do in the program, especially if the school has the resources and um, has the capacity for them to host it. So, and then we usually all end the day together, um, kind of as we start it with a circle to share out any announcements for the next day, um, debrief any anything that might have happened that day, and share some appreciation so that everybody feels like they are involved and cared for in the team environment as well. I'm just wondering, like, you're talking a lot about um, like the freedom that people have as employees to like kind of put their own creative vision in. You're talking about like the supportive environment. Um, I'm just wondering if there's like other other success stories that you might have from from working at City Year. Any specific moments with like working with students or as a team? Yeah. Um, so something I'll mention about being at City Year. Um, we have to understand our locus of control, right? What is in our control and what is not in our control. We can control how we approach students. We can we can be ourselves, but um, we can't control what choices students make, nor can we decide how a teacher manages their classroom. Um, and so for me, I had a student, so this is, this is just kind of my personal experience. Um, I had a student who was so smart, so funny, we had a great relationship. She was probably um, the student that I was closest to. So in City or Language, we call that kind of your starfish student, somebody that you develop a really strong relationship with. And um, at the end of the year, she ended up having to transfer schools. And 
you know, it was it was sad because I we had developed this this you know connection, and I really wanted to see her succeed. And I knew that city that, that the school she was at probably wasn't the best environment for her, and she knew that too. Um, and so we ended up having to say goodbye. And um, I gave her some like read one letters for whenever she was feeling stressed or upset or angry um, to read. So hopefully she could kind of calm down or have some of those feelings soothed by a familiar voice who understood kind of what her year had been like. Um, and I didn't I didn't hear from her for a long time, um, which I expected, you know, students move on, they, they do their thing. But a lot of times they'll also stay in contact with their city year core member. And she ended up messaging me actually like a couple of weeks ago. So I, I met her in 2016 and she messaged me here, you know, like five oh. years later saying, um, hey, I, do you remember me? We were like really close when you were at my school. I said, of course I remember you. It's great to hear from you. She said, um, I want you to know that I, I totally turned my life around. Like I, I mean, I thought she was, she always had a strong head on her shoulders. I don't know what she was worried about, but um, you know, she said, I turned my life around. Like I ended up graduating with a 4.0 from this, the other school that I transferred to. It was one of the best decisions I could have made. And you were such a rock to me. You were like, you really, you were really there for me that year, and I'm so grateful. Um, and like, I just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm just so glad that the student um, felt like, you know, they were supported by somebody, and that I could be there for them as they were, um, you know, navigating freshman year, which can be a really challenging time. And I know for her in particular, it was a very challenging year. So, um, you know, you never know what kind of impact you're making. Um, sometimes folks will go years before hearing from a student or understanding their impact. And, and of course, um, that also happens during the year itself. Um, I had another student who consistently kept his head down, um, didn't really participate, and he got, he got fine grades, but we both knew that he was capable of so much more. Um, and so I really tried to have conversations with him around, you know, is everything okay? Do you want to talk about anything? And there was just never really much to say. Um, and it wasn't until the end of the year when I wrote him a letter to say, um, like it was a really a joy meeting you and like I hope to you know see you go really far um, But he wrote me a letter back and explained why he'd been so quiet in class and that he didn't He just didn't have kind of the connection with his peers that would have helped him kind of move out of a shell break out of a shell a little bit um, And so it was literally like the last week of school that he said But you helped me develop relationships with with other students that I didn't know I could develop and I, I visited the school a couple years later just to visit and see how the team at that school was doing. Um, and I saw him and he, he had his hood, he usually would wear a hoodie with his hood up. His hood was down. He was, you know, walking the halls between classes with one of the students that he had met in our class and they had maintained their friendship and they were like still as close as ever. And he just looked, he looked like he was doing really well. So um, it's one of those things where you just don't always know the impact you're having. And sometimes you'll learn, you know, how things are going in the core year Sometimes you'll learn years later and sometimes you'll never know. But, um, you know, just being being yourself, being your authentic self. And um, I think approaching the year, just knowing that you have to take it as it comes is one of the best things you can do. And, you know, occasionally you'll really see the fruits of your your labor payoff. Gosh, that's that speaks a lot to city year. And it also speaks a lot to just you're a cool person, Sailor. I don't know. <laughs> Those are those are some <laughs> awesome stories. Like that made me happy. I'm curious how this new kind of era of coronavirus and quarantine and virtual learning has affected how City Year does things. Totally. 
Um, so as the pandemic started to change life as we know it for everybody, um, we also had to change our approach. Um, we transitioned to virtual service in March of 2020. Um, and we equipped all of our core members that might have previously had a technology barrier to virtual service with um, at least a laptop or um, some other technology to help them connect and be um, present for their students in the virtual environment. Um, and from there, we did online virtual tutoring. Um, we stayed present in the full classroom space by participating in the chat or in kind of the whole classroom, answering students' questions, boosting student engagement. Um, and having, especially in what's called like asynchronous kind of spaces. Um, so those are more independent, like work time spaces for students, especially in those asynchronous spaces, um, leading out on our lesson plans, getting to know our students on a deeper level when, um, especially this year when we started in the virtual environment and needed to build out that relationship without having the in-person connection that um, at least our core members from last year were able to have because they knew their students before the pandemic really started. Um, whereas this year, our members had to build out those relationships um, digitally from the beginning. So um, that's kind of what we've been doing, just staying present in the classroom environment, leading out on um, our lesson plans like we usually would do, but instead in the virtual space. And then something else that we've been doing that I'm actually, I'm really impressed by our core members for, for owning is having different events that are virtual um, outside of the class environment. So usually we would have after school programming, but in the virtual environment, that's been more of a challenge and we haven't leaned into that so much. Um, but instead we've been hosting um, events throughout the year that students can join or that um, even parents and family members of our students or guardians um, can also participate in. So a really great example of that is one of our teams in Chicago uh, led a Google Classroom Learning Night event for um, parents, guardians, and other family members to join so that they could learn about Google Classroom, the virtual platform that their students were using, um, and then to be able to support their students in virtual learning um, just that much more um, with that additional knowledge. So um, I think that's a really cool example of something that um, a team in Chicago did in transitioning to virtual um, or, or you know, adapting to the virtual environment. Um, and at this point, because we're you know, an education-focused nonprofit, um, our core members qualify for the vaccine. And so um, actually recently, our ED in Chicago, our executive director was able to um, secure a number of um, vaccination slots for core members and staff members. And in the event that we go back to in-person instruction, which is very likely, I think it is actually already happening, at least in Chicago, um, and this is you know, as of March of 2021, um, core members will, if they've opted into getting the vaccine, um, just have that extra layer of protection as they transition to supporting students in the in-person environment. I think that's so cool to hear. I, I, I know for a fact from the kids that I've observed in my own classrooms um, that first of all, they're desperately in need of events and things to connect outside of the classroom because those are so much harder to come by. Although now they're in Galesburg as well, they're back in the classroom. So they're starting to connect back in live areas. But also I've just observed even even online, it's so easy to to make connections with kids. Um, if if you have someone who like someone from City Year or just anyone who's willing to take the time to like get to know them one on one, it's instant connections with with most children, especially during this time. 
I totally agree with you. Regardless of whether you're an education major or not, what, like, if you just want to touch upon the opportunities that um, City Year offers and, like, other, other possible opportunities for, for where to go in this kind of field. Yeah. Um, so I think exiting undergrad is a really unique time because you have all this knowledge and you have maybe this, like, passion or vision for what you want to do in the future but it's you know unless you have a lot of experience it can be more theory than um you know on the ground experience and i think what city year provides is an opportunity to actually get that experience um working in a team setting um being present in a school environment actually really becoming part of the fabric of a school community um, as well as leading out on different projects for the school and events um, and then, of course, you know, building relationships with teammates that people usually might stay in contact with after their core year. Um, so increasing that network as well. Um, we do have beyond those kind of, I think, lived benefits of going through the program and receiving training and working with students. Um, we have some benefits to support folks as they leave the program. Um, so this is a paid opportunity. Um, we offer a living stipend um, as part of kind of the compensation for the service year. Um, but in additional, in additionally, you know, in addition to that, um, we also offer at the end of a service term um, a six thousand two hundred dollars scholarship that um, everybody earns at the end of their their service year, and those funds can be used for any education uh, or any qualified education expenses um, from undergrad or or moving forward towards like grad school or some other kind of certification program. Um, I know for myself, I was a communication major, and so I've looked at communication master's programs. And after doing two years of service, I now have around $12,000 in scholarship funds that I can put towards my master's degree when I'm ready to pursue it. Um, this award in particular is good for seven years, so you don't have to use it right away, and you can use it a little bit at a time. Um, in addition to the Siegel AmeriCorps Education Award, we also have a number of university partners that offer City Year alumni um, specifically scholarships for their graduate programs and also some um, undergrad programs as well. So, um, and we have university partners that offer maybe just, you know, a couple of thousand, like $10,000 tuition scholarship annually or per semester, all the way up to a full ride. Um, and actually in Illinois, for any like, people that are considering staying in Illinois, um, ISU, Illinois State University's um, Stevenson Center Program for Economic Development, um, offers a full ride. So that's like a really good example of one place to kind of start doing some research. Um, and that's a really cool benefit for anybody that knows they want to go to grad school or continue their education, or just for anybody who's not really sure what they want to do, but um, it never hurts to have those extra kind of resources in your back pocket as you start to plan out um, what next steps you want to take and how an employer can help you get there. So um, those are just some of the benefits that, that we offer. But Beyond that, I would say, you know, City Year is a mentorship-focused nonprofit, right? Um, it's really important to us that our students feel supported, but also it's important that our core members feel supported. And so I know that every manager who works with core members um, usually has a, a check-in maybe once every other week or so, um, just to keep up with them and see how they're doing, if they, if they need anything to feel more supported in the program, but also part of that conversation leading up to the completion of services so what's your LACI plan? LACI means life after city year. Um, you know, what are you thinking about? Is there anything I can do to support you as you make that transition? Any connections that I can make for you so folks don't feel like when they're ending the program, it's a blank slate and they're not sure where to go next. 
they have some steps kind of in place that they can follow as they pursue their next opportunity. I don't know. You've sold me on the concept of city year throughout oh, this good. conversation. <laughs> like, I, I hate to say it, but like, I genuinely am tempted to change my life plan around to like squeeze city year in before I attempt grad school or anything like that because of like the benefits and like that it actually would help. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Well, I mean, a lot of folks are drawn to the program because of the 11 month flexibility um, starting in August of, you know, whatever year you finish school and then completing city years program in June of the following year. You know, it follows the school year allows for that flexibility to um, take, if you will, like a gap year between undergrad and grad school. So, mm -hmm. I mean, anytime you want to apply, Adam, we're right here. Yeah. Is it available only in Chicago or is it like anywhere? Um you know, we have 29 locations. So Chicago is one of our largest locations with 250 core members. Um, but other other cities might have, you know, 100 core members or so, maybe a little smaller. Um, it just depends on, actually, that's part of the application process is selecting a city. And that's something that a recruiter can help you with. So like myself, um, or other recruiters as well, um, to understand what a service look like in that in that place. Um, and here's when would be an ideal time to apply depending on how competitive that site is. Um, so yeah, we have 29 locations across the US um, and Chicago is one of our amazing locations. Mm -hmm. Cool, this, this podcast episode has transformed into like ask sailor questions about city year to Adam gets convinced <laughs> to apply for a job. <laughs> join us, Adam, join us. <laughs> yes, I will be engulfed in your in your wonderful group. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experiences with Sidir and also like your expertise on it as well. That's all for today's episode. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel for more career advice.